I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Is this the episode we should preface with, um, if there's like a, a sort of like, how would you describe the sound? (laughs) Yeah. If you hear that sound, it's our radiator. It's not our audio being fucked up. Yeah. Gotten some comments about it though. Obviously now that we've said this, it won't do that tonight. While That's we're true. recording this, but for the future too, I suppose. To watch out for those sounds. That was a really accurate one. Yeah. Congratulations I on that. Needed to warm good. up the first time. Really, I liked the first one a lot. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the second one was more realistic. However. Mm. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's not what this episode <laughs> is about. Now that's out of the way. <laughs> Today we're talking about art and where to buy art because I guess like a, a secret about me is that I actually don't like really mind the stock art you can buy at like Target and HomeGoods. <gasps> Sometimes I see that stuff and I'm like, oh man, that's really cute. I like that. But I acknowledge that if you buy a lot of that stuff, you will... A, end up with a bunch of stuff that your neighbors also have, especially if you live in suburbia. Mm -hmm. And B, your house can kind of start to look like a hotel Mm -hmm. because all of the art is really like stock and not at all personal. But I will say in defense of Target slash home goods art, specifically (laughs) Target art, I would say more recently, they're trying. They're out here. So like, I don't think there should be shame in the Target art game. Maybe home goods. Home goods might be a level below Target, but mm. I don't know. That's I've, how I feel. I don't know that I've seen Target art. Oh, every time I'm in there, I take just like a little perusal of the home space, mm. and they have some good stuff. Hmm. Maybe I'll link a few Target arts that I like in the show notes. Cool. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about non stock sources of art specifically because my cousin kennedy who is our biggest fan um was like oh you guys have never talked about why you have a hand hanging on your wall Mm. and a lot of people who know us never will (laughs) (laughs) but we we literally are about to is the problem (laughs) or are we (laughs) this is the story we tell um, a lot of people who know us think that it's creepy, but I think it's really cool personally. So we'll talk about it and then we'll talk about other arts. Yeah. The reason we have a mannequin hand hanging on our wall uh-huh. is that I went to Fish's Eddie and I, they have this whole section of vintage mannequin hands or hand mannequins, probably hand mannequins. I would say they're like glove forms and stuff like that. Mm. And I thought they were really cool. And I wanted several of them, really. (laughs) But there was really no place in our apartment to put them. We don't have a lot of open surfaces where we 
put things, mm -hmm. especially decorative things that just collect dust. So I walked away because I was responsible, but we were putting together the gallery wall that goes out in the living room after we painted and as we were rearranging the art. And something that started happening was we had kind of this void <laughs> in the plan of the it, gallery wall. You really arm-sized void. Yeah, that like, we were like, oh, what are we going to put there? And then all of a sudden, the answers sort of naturally became a hand mannequin. Hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I probably missed them because they're vintage and it had been a while since I'd seen them. And you don't really stumble upon that sort of thing very frequently. But it turns out that Fish's Eddie had purchased like a ton of hand mannequins so and many. there were a bunch still there. They're still there. We were just there. A week or so ago two yeah. weeks ago and they still had a good amount of stock i really kind of want like a very massive one to put just kind of like as a door stopper somewhere <laughs> but you kind of vetoed that idea yeah i just don't think it they're just too big mm. not necessarily against it aesthetically i think it'd be kind of fun and just fun with a capital <laughs> f um but like we don't i don't know we don't really need a door stop that would get in the way of most of our doors really <laughs> like it wouldn't yeah. stop the doors it would just obstruct our entering it and wouldn't exiting. stop the doors but not in the way that we want them yeah. to be stopped and then we don't have a ton of like glenn is kind of our big floor piece other, other than that don't really have a ton of space for floor pieces or like sculptural pieces in that way but they are kind of fun they're just giant hands yeah like they're massive <laughs> larger than a normal hand oh, yeah i think larger than when you first described them to me too when i actually saw them i was like oh damn <laughs> so yeah they're fun yeah i think our eclectic aesthetic may um lean slightly more toward the deranged side of things that <laughs> some people are comfortable with but the, the moral of this part of the story was that if you find something you really like and you don't know what to do with it, there's a chance that you can display it as art. Mm. Like this book that I bought you. I think I bought it for you in Puerto Rico at like a vintage store. And it's a tiny, like little leather bound book mm -hmm. that I intended for you to make into a found poem, I think. I think that's why I bought it for you. But it kind of just like sat under the bookshelf wrapped up in its wrapper for years yeah, it was kind of just too nice to turn into a found poem like it's also the text of it was kind of faded mm. already it was, i don't know i thought it was nice and i had always intended to do something with it but i never knew what so i never got rid of it it also didn't take up a ton of space in terms of storage but then then we were purging mm. and also kind of just like rearranging everything this was all happening during the painting time too <laughs> Um, it was a very like momentous time in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I had suddenly the idea to put it in a shadow box if we weren't using it, if you weren't going to turn it into a poem. I thought, you know, I bought this because it looks cool and I could see it especially looking cool with the color scheme we had going on. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Michael's and I bought a shadow box probably for like $5. Um, and shadow boxes tend to come with little pins already so i just used the pins that were already in there and i pinned the book up and now it's on the gallery wall with the hand mannequin yeah i'd say it's probably one of my favorite pieces 
I would, yeah, I think that the shadow box really elevated it. I am not a huge fan of shadow boxes on the whole because I think the early 2000s really took them too far in terms <sighs> of people just like putting weird trash in them. Uh, um, like they, they're usually sold as being like, oh, if you've like kept all the ticket stubs from like dating someone, you should put all the ticket stubs in there and then give them the shadow box as a gift. It's not really my vibe mm. so much, but I do like the way that this, it kind of like, because it's one piece frames that piece and makes it feel more important. I guess that's not really the word that I'm looking for, but it kind of like elevates it to the level of art, even though it's just a found object. Mm. So I could see if you have another found object, you don't really know what to do with it. Perhaps you want to turn it into art. A shadow box could be a good way to go for that. Yeah. Another thing you can do if you're looking for art that isn't stock art is DIY it. Well, like I realized that we just talked about these things last week, so I don't <laughs> know if I need to share like whole new pictures of them. Yeah, probably not. But I have some embroidery that I've done and I have that paper flower wreath that I've done. And part of going to those classes for me is that I don't want to just bring home like craft trash. <laughs> you know, that like takes up space and gets stored somewhere that Crack we never, trash. yeah. I like that. Thanks. Like stuff that we never look at again, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I try to display it around and have it be kind of purposeful. The flower wreath ended up on the gallery wall in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. The embroidery is out here kind of like in the office space in one of the baskets. Yeah, chilling for right now. It featured itself on a gallery wall for a minute and then we rearranged it. It's a versatile piece. It's been yeah. moving around, looking for its forever home. <laughs> uh. But those are like really simple crafts that you can do. There are so many really simple crafts, honestly, that you can do for yourself. Even if you're just gonna like get a piece of nice paper and frame it, that can be a little bit more personal than just getting target art. Yeah, well, I was checking the list to make sure, but we do that with our gallery wall. In the bedroom. That is correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, we could put we could put pictures of that in the show. She's got some paper from Paper Source, right? And some mm -hmm. patterns that we liked. And then we found we found the frames from Goodwill, so we have some kind of quirky frames. Um rather than you know, with some of the art that's a little more unique, just get the stock Michaels frames that are cheap and easy to frame stuff in and out of for lack of a better term. But you know the I don't know, the latches on them are fine. But these Goodwill frames were a little more fun, and then the paper is pretty plain, but it just adds notes of color and notes of texture to a gallery wall that has otherwise kind of a lot going on already. That's where we have our mirrors. Um, that's where we have the captain lady from Etsy. Also, it's a segue. Boom. Whoa. Into that, yeah. Whoa. How about that? Yeah, we... I got this as a present, but I found her on Etsy. We have this print of a piece of art, um, and the artist does a bunch of like portraits of women, and this one happens to be a woman dressed like a ship's captain, mm. which I thought was really cool. Um, it's gonna I'm gonna have to like dig deep into the internet to find the link to that. This was a while ago. But Etsy is a really cool place to find art because there's so many people doing art on Etsy and usually it's super affordable. Either they're gonna like send you a digital file that you can get printed yourself or they'll send you a print. Um, and I think 
the captain lady was probably like 30 bucks or something. It wasn't a big deal at all. But, you know, if you go into Etsy, chances are you're going to have something a little more personal and a little more unique than, mm-hmm. you know, something off a store shelf. And there's so many different options there in terms of styles and the types of art people are doing, stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't bought anything off Etsy personally, only things with you, like jointly. Mm. I love Etsy. I think if you're looking for something that you can know the maker, you know, Mm -hmm. Etsy is a really good place for that. Even if it's, I've been like turning there more and more for just kind of like regular household things. That's not the theme of this episode, but you know, if I like could get something at a store, but like want a little more personal of an experience or, um, a little more like artisanal of an experience Mm -hmm. i go to etsy and so that's kind of the theme of this too i feel like actually a lot of stuff i like a lot of content that i see um has etsy art in it like a lot of design content that i see i'm always like oh that's really cool i think if i got all the etsy art i wanted we would end up with way too much art (laughs) But it is a cool place to start if you are just kind of like starting an art collection and don't have anything yet to make a few Etsy orders, yeah, I think. I like that tip. Into it. Thanks. Yeah. Brands? Yeah. The next one is kind of mostly yours. I feel like I learned about this from you mm. in a way of like commissioning art from your friends. That's fair. I like to commission art for my friends. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I like to have art from friends, people I know. I, I mean, we have all your family's art, too, your uncle's art. That's true. So I have, that. have pieces from my family. I would say, though, that um, your friends are, and like our joint friends, are, are more artsy than other people I necessarily know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. because we went to liberal arts college and that was just kind of necessarily what it was. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean some of them some of them whose art we have I mean all of them are in fact artists, but I mean True Jinzo are professionally paid for making art and we were able to have the Hawaiian shirts piece that Zoe and I did for a show back in the day. He drew it live in response to poetry I was reading and then Somehow it survived multiple moves being framed. And then you framed it for me for one of my birthdays. And Not personally by myself. I took it no, to Michael's, yeah. but yes. Um, now it kind of lives as really a centerpiece of the living room. And then Truja's Platonic Lemons, I think was actually your idea. Yeah, I commissioned that one from her. But, I mean, yes, a lot of these were my idea, but only because I had seen you and your friends do art projects together Ah. and the thing that really attracts me to it is that then the art has a story right like it's very personal to you and it's you know a piece of your friend that lives in your house that sounded really dark (laughs) (laughs) like an arm a friend's arm (laughs) that might live in our house after we coated it (laughs) wow this is really coming full circle in a way i did not (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like I, it's 
it's cool to have a piece of art, like to find a piece of art on Etsy that you're like, oh, this is really pretty. And, uh, you know, I am reading the maker's story and that's really exciting. Like, I liked that. But when you get friends art, it's so personal. And, you know, every time you see it, you think of that person. And often, you know, you, you kind of commission it in a way. We are not really at the point in our lives yet where we're like commissioning art. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... You know, when, like, when Truge worked on that piece for me, we bounced ideas back and forth, and I kind of, like, gave her what I was going for, and she sent me back all of these things and was like, oh, I really like this idea or that idea, and we kind of, like, came to it together, and now it's just a fun piece to have, knowing that that process was behind it. Whereas if I had bought that off of Etsy, I don't know that I would have the same, um, like, connection to it, Mm. you know? Yeah, that's fair. Then I have the where we have the piece from CJ too. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of some back and forth. There wasn't really a ton of it. Yeah, I mean that was pretty straightforward. Uh, I was gonna say prompt. I guess subject is more the apt term when discussing art. Uh, that was given to him. Then on the bookshelf is a piece by Josh. That. I think I I don't recall if I stole from Jonathan, who is my brother. Um, for those of you, I don't know if I've mentioned John before. Anyway, that was a piece I think from Asheville when Josh is a family friend of mine and my brother's friend. I think I was helping Jonathan move from Asheville, and perhaps as payment for helping him move, I kept it. It's just a little woodblock painting uh, that Josh did, but I really like it. And it just kind of lives on our bookshelf. It's actually lives, I think, on all my bookshelves. I've never made an attempt to frame it because it's a wood block. I would need to shadow box it or mount it or do something a little outside the scope of my resources. It feels it's not big particularly, so it could be done. But yeah, I feel like we could get a shadow box if that's what we were trying to do. But yeah, no. Uh, but no, I don't think I don't think it would look as good in a shadow box. I think it'd have to be like mounted. You know, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then I have the painting by my class at my desk. It's a pretty personal piece. I feel like this is my favorite tip in a way because it leads to stories. And I think that my favorite thing about decor and the process of decorating and then the process to live of living in a space I've decorated is the stories that come with it, you know? Mm. Wow, it's like a soundbite right there. <laughs> Clip that and then... We'll put that as the header for our... Uh, <laughs> like when you open the show notes every time, my voice just says that to you. That'd be pretty pro. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the level of WordPress that I'm not paying for. <laughs> <laughs> um, or we do like the Harvard Business Review podcast, where it'd be like the soundbite, mm-hmm. and then it'll lead into the intro. You know? Oh man, like if I start cutting the episodes together differently, that would be crazy. Anyway, friend art. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you should ask your friends if they'll make art. You should pay your friends. Pay your for friends. Their art. Um, it's nice. I, I agree. It is the story element. And it's like, I don't know. I see it as a way of bringing up like my community, my network of people who I love and support. Right? Like, I really believe in the work that my friends are doing. And so I'm going to ask them to make work for me and pay them for their work and like 
and that way keep pushing them to make more work and that's just sort of how it goes in my mind i like want it and i want the stories behind it but also it's like i think what you're doing is cool to do it for me because i believe that much in it and i like want want a piece of it and i think it's worth it i think we all know how hard it is to start something like that or how hard it is to take a hobby and be like is this worth anything and so it's nice if your friends are around you being like this is worth actual dollars to me Mm -hmm. and then that encourages you to be able to charge strangers actual dollars for things yeah true i would say also if people listening um feel like oh well that's well and good for you guys but my friends aren't fine artists i would ask around i think you would be surprised how many people are like closet hobbyists in something right like it doesn't we happen to know like people who are trained artists Mm. but that doesn't mean like cj's degree is not in art Mm -hmm. you know like that doesn't mean that people aren't out here sketching or painting or collaging or you know just doing something really cool or mixed mediating right yeah for sure like we just hung an arm on our wall so like whatever (laughs) your friend's art is you can probably figure it out how many times we reference the arm this episode i don't know (laughs) (laughs) this is an episode about the arm in case anyone was confused and then we just had to like throw other things in there to make it seem like a well-rounded narrative yeah also so that we can justify that our art is actually our arm (laughs) art is actually tasteful the next segment going to be me telling you everything i know about art history to justify (laughs) the presence of the arm (laughs) that's not true the things i know about art history are like could fit in 15 seconds so i cannot justify the arm um i'm sure that there are arms in art that that lead to this probably i mean there are a lot of lost arms in art really wow lost arm is like such a weird (laughs) fucking phrase (laughs) yeah that, that is pretty true. Anyway. I won't explore that. Not here. <laughs> Shelf that thought. Similar to this idea of friend art is art from local makers. Mm. Um, you just bought me some art from Austin because you walked into kind of like a, was it an art gallery? What'd you say? Uh, it was an organization. For the arts. For, yes. I think it, like, call themselves so i could just look up on my phone the picture but it was the la pena organization i think for latino arts they called it um then yeah it was like a gallery space but also an organization <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a little unclear it was definitely a gallery uh, but you met the artist i did meet the artist so you nice. you were in this space you liked this guy's art they were like hey the artist is here do you want to meet him yeah and i was like yeah and then we chatted. He showed me around the gallery, bought the prints. Um, and that, I think, is the pro tip to local makers. Maybe not the pro tip, but the right now. The budget in, tip. Yeah, the budget tip <laughs> is to buy prints. Most galleries, you can walk in. And I think it's easy to feel intimidated in galleries. I really like just walking into little small galleries. It's sort of like a habit of mine in cities. Um but most galleries really will have prints of things available for you to purchase that are affordable. And if the idea of buying, even, I mean, at, at the local level, even if the idea of buying like a $150, $200 piece is a little overwhelming, which for me it definitely is, usually of that piece there'll be a $15 to $20 print 
Um, and usually also, if the gallery is good, like La Pena had this too, there'll be postcards of those pieces which you can buy like three for five. Um, so there are usually tiers of purchasing in these local galleries. Uh, so I'd say don't be intimidated by price tags on the pieces that are on the walls themselves because normally there's a more affordable way for you to have a piece of that art, uh, which is like just as cool. Yeah, I don't think artists really have beef with that because at that level they're kind of going for um, like audience building. And so they're happy to sell you a $20 print or a $5 postcard because that means that you like their art and you're taking their art into the world. And in the event that you're actually using it as a postcard, you're like literally sending their art into the world. And then hopefully you become a repeat customer who eventually does go for the originals. Like the Nachi art, Nachi is an artist who works out of Dumbo and we've been to her store a number of times and we actually ended up buying her um, greeting cards Mm -hmm. and framing them and hanging them. Yeah. Because that was kind of where we were at at the time, and we just really liked those pieces. So. Yeah. And it's cool, again, kind of in the storytelling way, if you get to, like, I would say New York is a place where you can very frequently find yourself at, like, a Brooklyn Flea or an Artist in Fleas or any sort of, like, fair or outing and have artists coming and, like, talking to you and trying to sell you their work. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a fun thing to talk to the person who made it and have a connection with them and then take it home, you know? Yeah. As a caveat to what I said, not every gallery will have prints and postcards and stuff for sale. For example, if you were to walk into like a super high-end Chelsea gallery, Chelsea being a neighborhood in New York, or for you West Coasters, if you were to go to some really like out there mixed media LA galleries, there probably will not be too many affordable pieces for sale. Um, but if you continue to look around the city in different neighborhoods, I don't know what neighborhood of L.A. would have those kind of studios. Uh, but in other neighborhoods, there will be art galleries that are like have those purchasing tiers. Just want to throw that out there, that you're not going to necessarily mosey into a Chelsea gallery <laughs> with like a waterfall as an entryway and like pebble stones lining up to the second terrace. I don't know what I'm just, I'm describing like a, a house we saw in a show right now. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's we're just like too. on HGTV yeah. now. Um, but you know, there are going to be places that are geared to a certain clientele. But for the most part, most local studios are going to make it easy for you to buy art for exactly the reasons Jordan was talking about. Yeah, I think also as like a very classic decor tip um one of the like classic mistakes people make with art is they'll go to the met and they'll buy prints and postcards at the met yeah and it'll like you you don't want to hang a fake mona lisa in your apartment or or you do (laughs) um but it if you're on the (sighs) fence about doing so consider that people will know very clearly that that is fake whereas um if you get a print from a local artist, an artist who people aren't necessarily um, as well versed in, then it's more of an individual piece. It's a piece to talk about and a piece that seems that it has a little more value than a Mona Lisa postcard. Yeah. That would suggest if you do go that route. I think it's cool. This is something some of my friends, well, one of my friends particularly used to do. Uh, anytime he would get a poster like that of a famous piece. He would just leave it a poster 
and I think that was kind of nice. And he would, he had pieces framed. He still has pieces framed. He's very good about decor in general. Um, but I think that's kind of fun and it's kind of nice and it makes that a little tongue in cheek. And then he would just kind of cycle through it, right? The posters would be whatever really masterpiece he wanted in his room for that couple months or that year. Um, so that's a design idea. The design idea from Donnie. <laughs> Donnie designed. Donnie decor. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just went through a lot of iterations really yeah, quickly. Yeah, I'm meshing it out in my brain right now. <laughs> I think Donnie decor. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Donnie's decor corner. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sit with that for a second. Uh, something I really want to explore and have kind of been on the hunt for is vintage art not vintage art with a lot of value but like the sort of original paintings you can find in a goodwill or like at junk that people like painted themselves and are really not particularly masterful mm. but have a certain charm to them mm -hmm. and the way i imagine them always and the way i kind of see them around is as part of a gallery wall like never the most interesting part of the gallery wall but kind of as a filler like it'll just be like a kind of shitty landscape or like <laughs> oh well, that is that a beach scene or yeah is that... <laughs> <laughs> like some boats or like <laughs> like a really like a portrait that you're kind of like why are those person's eyes so lopsided you mm -hmm. know but there's like this kind of rustic charm to the fact that it actually is a painting and like was done by a human who cared a lot yeah. yeah or who is a really great artist now and was just like trying to figure it out you know back in the 70s and then turns out it's worth five million dollars and i mean that would be great for us but i haven't purchased anything yet because i haven't I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to have the vision to like see it in the store and be able to understand what it will look like in the gallery wall and how it will complement other things i'm not sure i'm totally at the vision yet yeah it's a little tricky but this is my aspiration for art and for our art collection is that I find a really cool, mediocre vintage piece that will go into a gallery wall and kind of become more than the sum of its parts, if you will. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty grand thesis right there. <laughs> I've been very eloquent this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Don't forget to hashtag your design questions at Donnie's Decor. Design corner. Oh, Donnie's Decor Corner. Yeah, right. so I guess it should be your decor questions. Hashtag your pictures. Donnie's Decor Corner. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.